Folks, if you enjoy our guidance about the management trinity, getting to know your people, talking about performance, asking for more, pushing work down, and our tools are helpful, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. The ideal way to learn about implementing them is to come to one of our effective manager conferences. One day, we cover all of the major topics. You practice feedback. You practice coaching. You practice delegation. I can't tell you the number of times people have said to us, wow, I thought I understood the tools. And then when I had to practice, I realized I've taken it to another level. Come to the website, check out our conference schedule, see us all over the U.S. and in Europe and in Asia and in Australia. See you there. Welcome to Manager Tools. Our guidance on an uncommunicative direct in a one-on-one. This is not micromanagement. Part one. Here we go. So, Danny, we have an interesting cast this week. We're going to reprise an exchange you had at a recent client uh, effective manager conference with a manager who was concerned about, oh, what if my directs don't talk to me? Right. It's a question we get every conference. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> and and um, the issue was around directs who don't communicate during one-on-ones. Some directs are just uncomfortable in the beginning and they don't want to talk. They don't know what to make of one-on-ones. In other cases, some directs sort of lose interest in one-on-ones. They think they're interesting for a couple of months and they gradually say, well, no, it's the same thing every week. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. There's not, not a lot to talk about. And what's interesting about this is we're going to address the concern that some people have of, wow, when you start asking the questions we recommend, that feels like micromanaging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when in fact... It's not. We recommend you keep working at one-on-ones. Communication is critical to organizations. And somebody who says, well, I don't like to communicate. Unfortunately, I hate to say this, guys, but their personal preference doesn't hold water against what the organization needs from them. Um, Asking questions about work and status is an effective way to keep communication lines open. And it's definitely not micromanaging. We have three points that we're going to talk about today. We're going to recommend that you ask your direct three times for their input, for their items. Give them three opportunities. Which we've given guidance on before. Yes. We're going to suggest that or recommend that after, if after the third time they don't have anything, then you inquire about work status, progress, issues, concerns, needs that they have. Right. right. You start talking about work. You start talking about, we often call it your list as the manager. Go down the things that you want to talk about. And then we're going to talk about it's not micromanaging to dig into the details about work and the methods that they're using to get their work done. This is a huge misunderstanding for people, partly because of how management's done for years. Asking questions for details about what people do and how they're doing it where they are and what they need and so on is not micromanaging. It's not a question of lack of trust. Okay, you said first we're going to ask three times for input. But first, in order to set the cast up, I thought what we would do is reprise your experience with one particular situation. And how this cast happened, guys, was Danny and I were talking, I think, in a one-on-one. And you, yeah. She says, well, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what happened in this recent client EMC that we had uh, in Silicon Valley. She was presenting our EMC. The concern was voiced that some of the the managers who were in the session, some of their directs, and this is a technology company, software development, they're often high Ds and high Cs for those of you who know DISC, 
and they're maybe not as comfortable with communicating frankly and openly with colleagues and certainly with bosses. Right. Their their concern was that in spite of or despite the, the intent that the one-on-ones to have more communication, that their directs would just clam up, that their directs would just not talk or blow this off as, you know, flavor of the month. Oh, it's just the latest thing that you, that you guys are doing. Exactly. And managers who don't persist because you expect one-on-ones to be a magical elixir and only do it for two weeks and have a couple of directs say, I don't want to tell you anything and then stop. You make it even harder. You add to the background of the mentality of flavor of the month such that directs know, I just need to wait this guy out whenever he tries anything new. And I think that technical bosses tend to add to this because they they don't like to communicate very much either, right? Most technical bosses are high D's and high C's themselves. And their preference is to communicate less. And so they say, well, I don't really want to do this one-on-one and my direct doesn't really want to do it. And it makes it really easy to not, uh, to not do it, right? Sometimes managers, we use our direct's potential responses to justify not doing something, in this case, one-on-ones ourselves. Right. Um, and <laughs> the, it's funny because particularly, again, at technical firms, those managers, when we give them the data about what we've seen, when we share with them, here's what the data indicates about how this is going to help your effectiveness, they, they often will just come back with another potential problem uh, or they change the situation that they've put in front of us and say, no, 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 that's, that's not what I'm getting at. And they, and they change it. That's why we, we often say, you know, we don't answer hypotheticals because you'll just change the hypothetical. Yeah. Um, and sometimes after two or three or four of these problems, we show them as red herrings. Red herrings, they right? Still, they still don't want to do one They still don't want to do the one-on-ones, yeah. right? So what we've learned to do, and what you did in this situation, is engage the manager in a role-playing scenario. Yeah, I love doing this. And to some degree, the manager is looking for a way out. And when other managers hear how easy it is to overcome it, because they're not only disagreeing with the idea of one-on-ones, which we respect, they're also fearful that they won't know what to do in this situation, and they're afraid, oh, I'm going to get it trained at a high level, but then I'm going to come on these roadblocks, and these guys who are training us now, which my company wants me to follow, they're not going to be there to answer the tough questions from people, and I know this question is coming, and heck, I'd ask this question too. Sure. Um, so we engage them in a role player. The manager plays the direct, and we, Danny or I or Sarah or Kate, um, play the manager. We want to show them how they can successfully overcome the pushback. And what's amazing is some of them are a little bit hesitant, but they end up loving this because they think they're going to be able to be their direct and wrestle us to a standstill in front of the whole conference group. They think, oh, this is perfect. This is even better. In fact, the vast majority of managers can't even comprehend that we're willing to role play this. They think that part of what we're doing is just trying to get at the concern. And what so many other trainers do is, well, let's get at the concern. Why don't we role play this? And halfway through, a lesser trainer would say, well, that was good. I'm glad we got that out in the open. Let's talk about what you might do, which I find ludicrous. Like, really? (laughs) They pay you to come in there and you unearth a legitimate concern that probably you've heard before and your answer to the group is that you just want to talk about the situation? That's like all those coaching models that people have where step five in their coaching model is to coach and 
there's no definition of what you're right. supposed to say or how you <laughs> right. have to do it. And for us, we love it because the group goes, wow, that really worked. And it's not that hard. Yeah. In other words, I can be willing to ask a little bit more, push a little bit and engage the direct and have the direct understand that, hey, communication is important. And sometimes I don't know everything you did and it's okay for me to ask. Right. I love doing this too, because so many times I see it in managers' faces. They're, you know, they're really nervous. They're really scared. Like it's going to be it's just going to be this horrible situation where they're going to sit there and their director is going to sit there and neither of them is going to say anything and it's going to be terribly awkward or they're afraid that the director is just going to like, I don't know, just throw up their hands and say, this is stupid and turn around and walk out. And I say, okay, well, let's role play. You be your direct. Like I want you to, to say and behave, talk the way you are concerned your direct is going to. Yeah. And in their minds, it's, it's this worst case scenario, but then literally in this situation where I'm not even their boss, right. they can't engage in the behaviors that they're so afraid their directs are going to. And I'm not even their boss. Frequently when we do uh, role play exchanges at, at conferences, we say, well, go ahead, push back. You know, and it's said, well, my directs won't do this. They'll push back pretty hard. I said, well, okay, push back. I'm like, I get done with the role play. It takes about 30 seconds. And they're like, I said, well, that wasn't very much, very hard pushback, dude. That wasn't very hard. And everybody else was like chuckling, like, that doesn't seem that hard. And they say, oh, well, let me do it again. And they do it again, and they still can't do it. So that's what Danny did, guys. I've done it. We've all done it. And what we're going to do is replay the conversation, okay? I'm going to be the manager, the person in the audience who's worried about his or her directs pushing back or not communicating. And Danny is going to play her role at the conference. And then after we do that and we give you some sense of how these things happen, then we're going to walk through our guidance again in some places and then expand on it in others. You ready, Danny? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, good. Uh, hey, look, uh, my directs don't have anything to say. I'm, I'm pretty sure they won't share. They're not communicative. And, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, I'm just afraid they're just going to sit there and say, no, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's a great question. We get this all the time. Why don't we role play it? All right. So you be your direct. I'll be you. And I'll show you how we recommend you handle that situation. So I'll start the one-on-one -on -one with you the way I usually do with my directs. And you play your, your non-communicative direct. Really? You want me to do that? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I look around all my buddies like, here we go. Okay. I'm going to win this one. <laughs> all right. So uh, my direct comes into my office or my cube and sits down. I got my notebook out. I look at my direct. All right, Mark, what do you got? Nothing. Okay. So I just want you to understand that this is your one-on-one. -on -one, okay. This is your portion of it. Remember when we talked about it, staff, I told you you would have the first 10 or 15 minutes. So this is your time. Anything you want to talk to me about, you want to ask me about, you want to do some brainstorming, you want to share anything with me, anything at all? No, I'm pretty good. Things are good. You know, things are fine. Everything's pretty well normal. Cool. Okay. Again, I just want to make sure that you don't have anything that you think we should talk about. You know, I have some stuff. I have some things that I've, I've prepared that I've written down, but I really want to make sure that you know that this is your time and you get to go first. Nope. I'm good. Okay. So my turn, I guess. Yeah. 
All right, cool. So I noticed in this in a staff meeting that you were having some challenges on project A. We talked about that, yeah. And there was a deliverable you were going to miss. So tell me some more about that. And by the way, folks, you can't see Danny, but she's doing this. She's smiling. She's making eye contact. She's not trying to unearth a failure. She's just trying to find out if help could be offered to this direct. So here's my answer. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on Keith. I can't do my stuff without the stuff he owes me. Great. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard, right? Like when our stuff is dependent on other people. So when do you think you're going to get it? I don't know. I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. Do you have a plan? Like what's your thoughts about next steps? I don't know. It's not really a, it's just a thing. So I don't really need a plan, I guess. Okay. Have you followed up at all with Keith? Cool. What, what did you do? Did you, did you call him? Did you send him a mail? I sent him another mail. That was, I, you know, I emailed him a couple weeks ago, said, I need this thing for the thing, for the project. Uh, he didn't reply. So day before yesterday, I sent another mail. Okay. So look, I've had, you know, I've worked with Keith for a while and I have found that I've had better um, success getting stuff from him with a phone call. You know, I think he gets a lot of mail and, you know, it's just not a high priority for him. And I would certainly recommend that you call him, especially since it looks like the emails you're sending him don't seem to be working. So uh, what do you think about giving Keith a call? Okay. All right. Now, we could go on and on and on here, guys. So what was particularly interesting and the reason why Danny shared this role play with me, which was fairly benign up until now, was what happened at this particular point. At this moment, it was so, it was just, it was so awesome. Yeah, but to be clear, there were really kind of two instructive parts of this role play. One was, we want to show you guys how easy it is to probe a little bit, to pay attention to things that are going on and to ask more questions and to dig down. If one of your directs isn't doing something that they need to do, if they're behind on something, you don't have to get mad, you don't have to threaten, but it's not just appropriate, it's incumbent upon you it's your job to dig in and say, well, what can I do or can I make a suggestion or do I need to take over? Not that you want to take over. Your job is to get things done, not to allow directs who aren't getting things done to hide it by failing to communicate. Okay? Right. So that's part of this. But the other part of this is what happened in this particular role play with this particular client. So Danny, tell us what happened. Right. So at this point in the role play, one of the other managers in the room just bursts out, just interrupts role play and says, oh my gosh, how did you know that this is a, such a huge problem for us? We constantly have projects that are being delayed for this exact reason, because people are just sending emails, they're not following up, they're not doing their deliverable because the person before them hasn't gotten back to them, they're not owning the inputs. How did you know that we have this problem? And we're afraid of doing what you just did in this role play with our directs because we're afraid that that's micromanagement. And, you know, we don't want to do that. We're, we're a hip software development company. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be micromanaging people. Um, <laughs> and it was so funny because I just looked at him and I said, I know it because it's a, it's a problem everywhere. <laughs> like, yes. Th this is not unique to you guys. And what's important about this, guys, is... It's a problem everywhere because managers of the last 30 years, and this is not an indictment of any, any of you listening, but it is a state of management today. Managers have lost the understanding just through gradual decay of systems, lack of training, 
How many of you got trained on management before you were given a team? have lost the understanding that this kind of interaction, this kind of digging, uh, and we'll give you another example of it later in the cast, is normal. It's not just normal. It's what managers do. And the pendulum has swung the other way to the point where directs are getting away with, I can explain why, but that's a, that's a larger discussion, getting away with saying, no, you're micromanaging me. I think the thing that really hurts a lot of managers is, well, you don't trust me. And of course, trust and, and, and management are totally related. They're not opposites of one another. And what we're talking about here is routine. Managers really worry about uncommunicative directs. Yeah. They also worry about probing too much, about asking too many questions, right? Because of that fear of being a micromanager. Yeah, exactly. So look, let's get to our guidance. There's really two parts. I'm going to do the thought experiment part first, the sort of strategic understanding first. And the second part we're going to give you is tactical guidance, which we've given before, but we want to give it again. So here's the thought experiment, guys. Suppose your boss came to you and said, hey, listen, I want to have a meeting with you next week. Just kind of a standard update meeting. Uh, it's been a while. I want to know what's going on uh, with you, stuff you're doing, and I'm going to have some stuff for you, stuff that I've been holding off, but really I, I need to get it to you, but I don't need to share it with everybody on the team. Okay, really just updates for you about stuff you're working on and so on. Okay, could you really justify going into your boss and telling him after he asked you a week in advance for a standard update meeting, could you really justify saying, I have nothing for you? I have nothing new, nothing to report, no questions, no issues, nothing. If you don't see that as telegraphing a terrible relationship, or even if I'm going to be a little bit more strident, a blatant disregard for what he or she wants, or you thumbing your nose at your fundamental requirement to keep him or her posted. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I think it's possible you're being willfully blind to how a boss would perceive that. We think that that would hold, even if you were going to go to the first few meetings and provide some input, but then later start trailing off and you're in your preparation and in the amount of information sharing you do. Your boss has clearly told you what he or she wants, right? Yeah. And your boss told you, I want to have this meeting. I want you to update me. And then you walk in and say, I don't have anything to update you on. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, guys. If you can't imagine doing that to your boss, why would you consider tolerating it from your directs? Uh, we really recommend you think that through. If you can't imagine doing it, is it because you're a professional and your directs are not? Is it because you fear your boss and you don't want your directs to fear you and you don't really believe your boss needs or likes or that it's appropriate for you to share this information with your boss, but because you fear her, you therefore have to do it, but you're not going to make your directs do something that they would do out of fear? Because while fear certainly exists, that's not what Manager Tools is about, that's for sure. We're about relationships and trust. And look, if you come to the conclusion that this level of communication between bosses and subordinate is superfluous, if it's unnecessary, you know, you say, well, you know, we just need to all get our work done. Guys, we're obligated to tell you here in a little bit of management theory, you're just horribly wrong. I mean, it really is wrong. It's wrong as 2 plus 2 equals 5. Your personal desire to work alone and communicate minimally with others is simply that. It's a personal desire. The organization exists because of the principle that communication is ultimately what connects us. It's yeah. the ultimate connective tissue. 
And communication is a behavior that allows the magnification of results that the organization creates. I mean, that's why the organization exists. Yeah, I've said this many times lately. We're big fans of Apple here. They're a client of ours, and we're, we use their, their stuff, although I still tell Mike every once in a while I miss a really good version of Microsoft Office. I'm told the new version is going to be good, but, um, you know, there are, I don't know, there are 80,000 people at Apple. The idea that 80,000 individuals could on their own produce as many products as Apple does is ludicrous, right? Organizations, modern, large organizations, regardless of their political standing, regardless of what the political correct society thinks of large organizations and throwing them under the bus and so on, large organizations, sociologists will tell you, are the greatest achievement of mankind. They allow the massive magnification of individual effort. And that willingness to join the organization and then to say at the same time, I'm an individual and I don't have to do the very things the organization needs me to do to allow the magnification is the height of arrogance. And the fact that you're a private person or not communicative is irrelevant. It, guys, it's irrelevant. You have an obligation when you join the organization to not just do your work, but to communicate about your work. If no one knows your work is done, then to the organization, it's not done. This is an axiomatic, this is a principle of organizational life. And unfortunately, one-on-ones exist at least in part to facilitate that. The other choice, by the way, if you don't want to do one-on-ones for many people, is you're going to have to do a lot of reporting. Everybody complains about reporting, right? That's it for this week, folks. Uh, Come back next week for our conclusion. This podcast was produced by Manager Tools. Manager Tools creates actionable management guidance every single week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face as a manager or professional, go to www.manager-tools.com. Search for Manager Tools on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.